What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the 9 by 9 As you'll notice, things are looking a little bit different this week. It's just me. My name is Everett DeLorme. It is episode number 63 of the 81 Square Meters of the Best Volleyball Content on the Internet. Of course, no Rob St. Clair this week. He is jo- uh, enjoying the sun down in beautiful Curacao after his honeymoon. So first and foremost, Rob, if you're listening to this afterwards, I know you're definitely not watching live. Congratulations, buddy. Happy for your marriage. Happy you're enjoying it. Um, I originally wasn't going to do a podcast. I was going to take this week off. But as you know, as you probably know, if, if you're watching this, this was an absolutely bonkers banana a week of volleyball, and I couldn't wait until next week to talk about it. So uh, I'm sure we're going to revisit some some of the things uh, next week when Rob is back, um, and otherwise we're going to go through it. I will apologize. It's probably going to be a little bit scattered. I'm not the best at just talking to myself like this. I, I, it's better when you know you have someone to riff off of, someone to exchange some ideas with, someone to to, to bounce some things back and forth. Um, it's it's just easier that way, right? So we uh, it, we're we're gonna try to do the best we can. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, um, if if you have anything um, to to say, let me know in the chat. Uh, yes, Luke. First and foremost, I know I did get a haircut. Um, feels good. No more ponytail. It's nice and short. Um, feeling good. Look good. Play good. You you know the motto. Um, but hey. Let's let's just jump into it because first and foremost we need to talk about the title of this video. What you're all probably here to hear about, Perugia is done. The team that what a month ago we were talking about winning the Infinity Gauntlet, we were talking about winning it all, winning the Scudetto, winning Champions League, winning the Italian Cup. Since they lost to the in to Piacenza in the finals or semifinals of the the Italian Cup, everything has gone down. It it has gone so poorly for Perugia and it all came to a culmination this week. First and foremost, they lost in the semifinals of the Champions League at home to the defending um defending champs Zaxa on Thursday afternoon. That was absolutely bananas. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. Uh, And then, of course, on Monday afternoon here in North America, of course, in Eastern time, they lost in surprising fashion 3-1 to Milano. So it is a little bit incredible. Once, you know, we wrap everything up, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of Perugia's, like, where do they go from here? They've had since they've they've had Leon now for five seasons, no Scudettos, no Champions League. They haven't even made the finals of the Champion Champions League. This year, losing in the quarterfinals of uh, the Scudetto. That means no Champions League at all next year for Perugia. So what is this team going to look like? We're going to have to have to look forward to that. But first and foremost, let's kind of go go through some things. Uh, we're going to start. Uh, with we got to talk about this game jw winning over hulk bank ankara uh, in the quarterfinals of the champions league to confirm and to make it so that it will be for the first time ever an all polish champions league final jw of course was fantastic in their first match and you know what out of the out of the gate they were unreal 
in this one. As Rob said, when we were previewing this one, they play such clean volleyball, and that's exactly what we saw from them. Fornal had nine points in the first set. He was eight for six. He had 17 points after the, the first three sets, and that's really all that mattered, right? Because they just needed to win those first two. JW won the first, and then it was all Ankara after that in the second. They were going for it, and it looked like Ankara was going to make it a game, right? They were up 8-2 in the third, really going after it, but then JW was so good to just close that gap and really clamp down on them. They brought Tonyuti out. They brought Tervaporti in, and that change of the uh, of the offense and just changing it up a little bit, Tervaporti came in bringing a little bit of uh, of energy and really just, just changed everything up and they brought it all the way back. We're able to take home the third set, uh, 25-22, which was really all that they needed. Oh, no, sorry. They they actually, they lost the, did they? Oh yeah, they they, they did lose. They they, 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 they did lose. Hawkbank did go up. Um, 2-1. There's been so much volleyball happening since then. Um, but you're right. You're right, Luke. They did implode in, in set four with so many bad mistakes. Uh, it was a tough way to watch them go out like that. Um, you know, 21-12 ending that set in 25-16. You could just tell that they had been going for so long, just trying to hold on so tight. Uh, but at the end of the day, it just really... Uh, really didn't matter. Um, as I said, Fornal was unreal in this match. Um, definitely, um, definitely the MVP for me. He was named MVP uh, in this one as well. He had 19 points overall. Boyer had 17, uh, and Yuri Glider had 12. Um, and then Trevor Cleveno as well with another 14. So you could just tell they were just so clean uh, everywhere on the other side of the net. It was a little def difficult, especially for Namir. Namir did not have his best outing. He was 15 for 41 um, and with 13 errors overall. There was not a great outing uh, for Namir um, overall, especially the, these both of these matches uh, against JW were just not the best look for Namir. It, it was a tough way to see him go. Thomas Shigeshki, on the other hand, was incredible. He was 15 for, for 23 with four blocks and three aces. If Jayshki, or if Hulkbank had won, he definitely would have been the MVP, and I think he might have been the MVP uh, for Hulkbank, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. J, uh, JW qualifies for the final. It is going to be their first final since when, when I know I wrote I know I wrote this down when when's the last time uh, JW was in the the final um, I believe 2015 I'm not sure or actually no they've never made they have never made a uh, a Champions League final so that's going to be big for big for them of course on the other side of the net we all know that Zaxa is going through for the three for the three Pete. So big ups to JW. They book their ticket uh, to Turin uh, for later on in May. But now this is the one that you guys all want to know about. And in a lot of ways, it was kind of tough to watch. It would you know Perugia would come out of the gate strong in, in both sets one and two, and really that's all that matters. That's all we're going to talk about. Perugia would come out of the gate strong. They were riding that crowd. Um, you know, they had banners 
all over saying, you know, this is all that matters and that, you know, Zoxo, welcome to hell. But it really didn't seem like they made it difficult for for Zoxa at all. You know, Zoxo would wait them out, kind of play calm, cool and collected and then just play a really, really strong team game. And I think that's especially what we've come to know Zoxa as, as playing that strong team game. They're going to work well together. They're going to make those uh, those those changes as they as they need to be, but ultimately in this one, Bartosz Bednors was outstanding. He was untouchable. He was eleven for thirteen with no errors, um, thirteen points overall um, in in sets one and two. He was just untouchable. And that's the kind of numbers that we would expect from an all-world player. That's kind of the stuff that we were expecting from Leon. Leon was not bad. He was uh, 9 for 18 with an ace, 10 points overall. But ultimately, you could just tell that Zoxa plays together as a team. And they have those those strong links in, in to, together with one another. They play their system as a team as opposed to just a group of individuals. And that's, you know... that. Or, I'm sorry, we were going through some of the the wrong. Uh, oh, this should not be. There we go. P pause it here. Um, Zaxa plays as a team. Perugia does not play as a team. That that is my big synopsis over all all this on you know. And it, we're going to talk about it a little bit too after their loss to Milano. But you could just tell that. All season long, Perugia was just riding off of these individual performances. One game they would use Leon, the next one Semenyuk, sometimes Plotnitsky, sometimes Rutilicki, sometimes Herrera. But they didn't have that ability to work together as a team. And ultimately, uh, especially in this one, it's just Zoxa puts on so much pressure. It didn't really seem like after 10 points, it didn't really seem like Perugia was in it at all. And it was just Zoxa all day. And, and and all night, and you're not wrong, Luke. Gianelli did need to get subbed out, and I think that was one of the biggest things uh, for Anastasi and his his crew is that you know some players were given uh, a lot of leeway, others not so much. You know, Rich Lickie started this one. Maybe it wasn't the right right call. Then they had Semenyuk start, pulled him out in the second. You know, and and then Plotnitsky, Plotnitsky came in and he wasn't great either. So there's just so much to be left for on the table for Perugia. And still, you know, still with Leon, they have yet to be able to even make a Champions League final, which is absolutely ridiculous. Ronnie, hi to you too. Uh, nine by nine, more like square root of nine podcast. Yes, it's just me. We know that. Rob, Rob is Rob, Rob isn't here, so we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, try try to make it happen. We thought about inviting you on, but after the disaster uh, that was last time inviting you on, uh, and you're you're rambling on your birthday, we decided no that 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 wasn't a good idea. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think uh, about Perugia in this one? I thought they were gonna come out a lot stronger, but I did say on last week's episode that if they lost to Zaxa. They were going to lose to Milano, and that's exactly what happened. This team just imploded. Of course, they showed Xerxes was gone after the second set. He he was nowhere to be found. And the more I hear about this man as president of Perugia, and you know what? 
I feel I, I really do feel for him, right? I think he's someone who who has this dream and he wants to build up volleyball and he's he's putting money in into it and he wants to, you know, make his team the best team in the world. But it just seems like he's holding the stick too tight, as we would stay here say here in Canada. Of course, the, with the hockey reference, he he's just putting too much pressure on. And as last week on the show, I called him the Jerry Jones of volleyball. Jerry Jones is the infamous owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and it's much of the same. You know, they go out and spend all the money that they can spend to buy the best best players uh, that they can find, but they still can't get the job done. And that's exactly what we've seen what we've seen here with Prusa, and. We are um, going to talk about it uh, a, a little bit in a little bit once we kind of recap everything. But you know what? The chat is kind of saying, yeah, Pruj is ex- extremely talented, but mentally weak. Wheels fell off. Absolutely, Mr. Bro Rush, you're right. Sport us, there's no team in Pruj and wrong players to build the team. And, you know, once again, you can't, I can't disagree with that, right? They just, they are really strong pillars, but there was just no links between them. And that's why I think we've seen them kind of crumble down this, this stretch. But um, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it a little bit more once Rob is back uh, next week. I, I'm excited to see uh, what, what he thinks, and we can kind of go, go back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, part of me is a little bit sad. I won't lie. Part of me is a little bit sad just because... Um, I like greatness. I enjoy when teams are 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 the best. I enjoy when they um, succeed at the highest level. You know that's why I love watching Tiger Woods golf. That's why I like watching Lewis Hamilton drive in F1. Growing up, I was a huge fan of Manchester United. I mean, partly because it was they were the one of the, one of the only teams that you could watch if you were a soccer fan uh, in Canada. But um, um, um at the end of the day it was just uh too much you know like it it was difficult to watch this team crumble given how dominant they were this year and undefeated for so long um and then just nothing um but hey, it is what it is. Uh, as we said, it was going to be an all Polish team final. <laughs> oh, I would love to know who is being Ace Hollywood right now, because um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, don't worry. We we won't we won't use any of your content. Fivb. Uh, who would want to do that anyways, right? Uh, who'd, who would want to grow stuff? Um, hard not to mention this. Semenyuk also stunk it up himself. You're not wrong. Semenyuk did not look good. You could just tell he's not comfortable in, in Perugia. He, he, it, it, it's tough to watch. It was really tough to watch. I didn't I didn't watch the Zaxa match as intently on volumetrics as I did the Milano match. Um, to me, in the Milano match, Semenyuk wasn't enough the, the, uh, as much as the problem as Plotnitsky was or as Gianelli was. But there is one thing that you could tell that in the past, Semenyuk would make an error and they were few and he would just bounce back. You know, he would just bounce back from it nice and easy 
and it, it would be here, but it, it would be it, it would be nothing. But when he plays for Perugia, and I've noticed this kind of to later the season, errors just mean so much to him, and he gets so upset, and you can tell it kind of knock knocks him off his his game a little bit. Um. So yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, to the women's side, because last week, of course, we did have some women's sides. This one was a fantastic match. Novara just jumped out to a massive 2-0 lead. They only, had, they only had, I think, five service errors in the match. Only three after two sets. And were just really, really good. Like, no, no, sorry. They had 13 in the match, but they only had three service errors. Um... Uh, after two sets, and that's really what helped them go up to nothing. Karakut was really good in this one. She was 25 for for 51. Only seven errors overall, for which for her is actually pretty good. And um, attacking wise, she was better for Bos- than Boscovich in in this one. But Novara was incredible uh, in sets one and two. I thought they were going to be able to pull off the sweep which would have been huge, but Exasabasha was so good to kind of put the pressure on, pass, start passing a little bit better, especially in, in sets three and four, and, and really come together as a team. Uh, but then in set five, it was all Navarra. They were really, really good in in set five. Um, even though Exasabasha jumped out to that early lead, they I thought Exasabasha was going to come back, but they fought back so well. Uh, and and it was nice to see. I thought Bosetti was was really really good, even though she wasn't fantastic offensively. She's just so strong defense. She's so good in passing, um, and just brings in a, a nice well rounded game um, for Navarra. So they were able to win the first game last week three two. But of course they played earlier today. And it was all Zajabasha. They were just unreal on another level. As we see that second set, 25-12. Tana Boscovich was the MVP. And of course, all Navarra needed to do was win two sets, but they didn't even win one. So uh, as we thought, Zajabasha is going to move on to, um, to the finals. And that's huge because that means it's going to be an all-Turkish uh, final on the the women's side of the Champions League, and on the men's side, actually, if we go back to that for a second, it's going to be the for the first time since 2015 that we haven't had an Italian team in the finals of the the Champions League. But it's going to be for the first time since 2007 that there's no Italian teams or Russian teams uh, in the Champions League finals, and. As as we said, it's going to be an all Polish final from between JW and Zaxa, and I can't wait. I don't think the fans in Turin are going to be too stoked about that, right? That's going to be not so great. But um, you do think that you know it is awesome for for two two Polish teams, and since it's in later in May, I think it's the twentieth uh, of May. Um, that means there's going to be a lot of time for Polish fans to get things going and get down there on the women's side, because we still have the, the other semifinal match between Fenerbahce and Vakuf bank, uh, tomorrow. Fen- <laughs> Fenerbahce, um, is winning, uh, takes that first match three, nothing. And man, they just 
that first set there, 25-10, was just absolutely disgusting. Um, Um, for those who, for those who don't, uh, for those who aren't, are, who are just listening it, we've got some, some funny things going on in the chat. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Ronnie who's just made himself another account, but, uh, otherwise you just, this is, this is exactly why you need to, 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 to watch this, um, uh, uh, live or not even live, but watch it online if, if you're listening to it because there's funny things that, that go in the chat but yeah like we said going back to Fenerbahce versus Vakif Bank just a huge huge like Fenerbahce is just so aggressive they went after this one so 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 hard and I'm trying to see has there ever been an all Turkish final no there has not there's never been an all all Turkish final um and the last time we didn't have, uh, last time we didn't have an Italian team on the women's side, uh, is going back to 2014, where Vakif Bank was playing um, Kazan. But you have had uh, a Turkish team in the finals of the Champions League for quite a while now. That's uh, that's very very impressive. I didn't know Balaj made it back. Um, in 2018 that's awesome yeah but like i said this one vakif bank versus fenerbahce was just off the rails melissa vargas was crazy she had 19 points anna christina had 13 12 for uh irena federatseva she had four aces on her own vargas had three 10 aces for fenerbahce compared to only one versus uh, versus rock of bank and, and to me this is has switched up altogether i think it's going to take a miracle because they did it in rock bank stadium stadium as well too so fenerbahce gets to go home for the next leg it would take an absolute miracle an absolute miracle um for uh for Vakif Bank to, to be able to come back in this one. Ogonu was all right. No, she was 16 for 36 uh with a block, but the only player to reach double digits. Gabby was six for sixteen, wasn't wasn't that great. And it's really tough to watch. It's 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 really touch tough to um watch, you know, like how Vakif Bank has, has broken down like this, you know, like almost in the same way as Perugia. They won everything last year. They were the, the cream of the crop. Um, they won the World Club Championships and they won the um, the uh, Champions League. And this year, they have just not been the same. And yeah, it's it, it, it's tough. I I really don't know what to, what to think about it, but ultimately, you, you know, here the addition of Melissa Vargas is absolutely unreal. And we have to think about like what does this mean for Poland moving forward with their addition? Karakurt is is kind of can they find a way to have both of those athletes on the court? That's that's the big question to me. I'm I'm not sure they can, but if they can figure it out, maybe having one of them on the left side, um that that really Sorry, I, I said Poland, but I meant Turkey. Uh, Turkey. Um, that really answers a lot of things um, 
for or for for Turkey, and I think it makes them a, a little legitimate team. But it's looking like it's going to be Exacerbaja against Fenerbahce in in the finals, unless Vakif Bank comes up with a huge result and is able to force a golden set. And even then, having to play a golden set in a Fenerbahce's home is going to be difficult. Is, is is going to be very very difficult. So I'm not going to call anything because I mean a few times this year we've called. Hey, I, this is definitely going to happen, um, and it hasn't. So we're we're just going we're just going to keep it going. Um, all right. One last thing to talk about European volleyball. They did it. Modna was able to save face. They went into Rosalaire and they were able to win this CEV Cup. Um, honestly, didn't watch this match. Um, but yeah, congratulations for for Modena. Um, great that you won the CEV Cup because that's really all you're going to be winning this year. As we were going to talk about in a second, that's they they just got knocked out of the the Scudetto playoffs. So let's just jump in to to Italy. Uh, as I said, this one's going to be a kind of quick one. Um, I'm hoping not to jump around too much. It's 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 not easy. I don't. I I really respect the people who are just able to do a podcast and just talk to uh uh talk on their own because i definitely can't do it and uh and it's and it's not the easiest all right moving on to the scudetto playoffs now um you're seeing here uh on the screen the milano versus perugia game and this is one that I don't know if I'm going to say it surprised me because once again, I remember I did call that if they lost to Zaxa, they would lose to Milano, and that's exactly what happened. And Milano, in certain ways, has a has similar makeup to Zaxa, as in they're a, a very good team all around and they work well together. I will say, someone commented, being so Ishikawa is the goat. Now, if you know me, and if you're a fan of this show over the past year and a half, you've known that I've been maybe somewhat critical at times of Ishikawa, but not this time. Not this time. Watching the game, I thought Ishikawa had a fantastic game, but also... Also, Malguerrejo, I thought he found he came in and, and did, did had a few big swings. But watching back, especially on volumetrics and watching it from the baseline, dude, Ishikawa was unreal in this game. Unreal. They threw him so much junk, and he was able to figure it out. He passes so well. He plays defense, and... To me, the biggest thing while watching this game is how together of a team Milano is, especially in coverage, especially in their block their block defense relationship. That, to me, in, in watching the game from, from Milano's perspective and from Perugia's perspective, Milano just plays well together as a team. And you can t- tell they support each other. You can tell that they work to players' strengths and, and not to their weaknesses, whereas Perugia... As I said, they're just kind of pillars out there. They're all just individuals. They're indiv- great individual blockers, um, but they get a lot of one-on-one blocks. But 
then as team blocking, they're all over the place. There's missed times, there's gaps, and especially Ishikawa was just feasting on that all day. Um, it, it was it was tough to watch there, and then their block to defense relationship, and this to me has to be on Anastasi, is just all over the place, just all over the place. Guys are scoring easy shots down the line, like behind the block. I don't know how many times Patrick was given that back door. And like he shouldn't be allowed to hit the back door the way way that he was, it was. <laughs> Man, whoever is this face Ace Hollywood account is is awesome. Um... <laughs> Once again, if you're not if you're just listening with this is another reason to come watch it uh, on YouTube because there's there's, there's sh- shenanigans. But as I said, like that. I don't know how many times they let Patrick go back door. And I'll be very, like, Poro is not good at setting the right side. He's really good at, at playing with his middles, and he's really good at, at giving ball to the left side. But his right side sets are, are way off. Um, and I don't know how many times, like, like in the middle, Milano's middles just had open, clean looks just to swing away. Same thing with Ishikawa coming out of the back row and Nagareko coming out of the back back row. They could almost do what they want, whereas it was really, really rare for Perugia's middles to get a clean look and to get a queen's, clean swing. It was rare for Semenyuk or Plotnitsky, because Leon barely played in this match, to get a clean look from the baseline, uh, from the back row. And this is where it, I, we have to talk about Gianelli. Because this was a man who, a, a month ago, two months ago, I was I was slotted in as the best setter in the world, but especially having watched back the match with uh, with, uh against Milano, his his offense is very predictable. He doesn't set the ball as how the hitters like it. It it's it he tries to run it fast when they don't really need. When they when when they don't really need it, um, and he just overcomplicates things. Like I don't know how many times he's falling to his knees and trying to reverse it all the way to the back, uh, all the way to the backside, and then Herrera's just put in a bad position. Like so many times, Poro is just you know getting to the ball, just staying down. Like per, Gianelli's jump setting like a meter behind the attack line. Why? Just get to the ball, set your feet, set the ball at the outside, let your hitter swing away. You have some of the best hitters in the world. Um, so, like, to me, I think Gianelli really needs to to go back and look. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, Gianelli looks like, it looks like he was just taking on too much. I don't know if this team had another leader. You know, Leon is 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 quiet, and Semenyuk is quiet, and Plotnitsky is is quiet. Herrero is is usually the only guy with any energy altogether. But you know, Gianelli was was serving strong, and he was blocking, and he was playing defense. But it just seemed once again like he was trying too much and trying to do too much, and not letting his hitters, um, <laughs> not letting his hitters kind of get the job done, and just just trust his hitters. Like at a certain point. You can't. It was there was just way too much oversetting. Um, but like I said, I think Ishikawa was absolutely outstanding for me. He wasn't just the MVP in this match; he was the MVP of the series. He was so good. He was so fun to watch. Um, I will honestly say that my respect 
for Ishikawa has skyrocketed uh, due to, due to this series. It was it it was great to great to watch. <laughs> Ronnie, I know it's you. <laughs> Wait, Ronnie, are you serious that Leon had an argument with Anastasi, and that's why he didn't start the last game against uh, against Milano? It like. Please let me know in the in the um, uh, the chat here because if that's the case, that is crazy. That's another thing too. Like you could tell that this team was mismanaged. It it seemed like I th I think in in past years, you know, guys like Heinen were were too eager to have like put their hands on this team, and this year, you know, Anastasi was kind of like, whoa, like I don't I want to touch, I don't want to work, deal with the chemistry, and at a certain point, he should have because it it it, it just looked bad. Um, it, it it really truly uh looked bad and wow that Leon had an argument with Anastasi and that's why he didn't start the last game. Well, as we said, like that's gonna be a lot for, for Perugia to swallow because they are done. And uh, you know what? Big ups to Milano. I think this was a really, really good good team uh that really came together and they started playing their style of volleyball and you know Ishikawa got injured in the fourth he hurt his it looked like he hurt his his ankle and they had to take him off and bring, bring Malguerrejo in but at that point it didn't matter um and that's how you can tell um that's that's why you could tell um that Milano just plays well as a team and as I said they're very Zaxa like not as crisp and as clean as Zaxa of course um, but they play well in all facets of the game. They're really strong down the middle. Lozare had a fantastic game. Um, just was was just swinging away. Let's actually look at some of the stats uh, for this one. Yeah, Herrera was hands down the 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 best player for Perugia. He was 16 for 28. Was really really good. Plotnitsky was really bad, especially in receive. It shows here that he had was aced three times. It had to be more than that. It re really, really had to be more than that. The liberos to the the relationship between the the libero and whoever is that back row player is is, is that back row left side is just off. There was way too many times where there was one in the fourth set where it was a three man block. I, th I think it was Ishikawa or maybe I, I can't remember who was swinging and. It's it's not a hard shot, like kind not quite off speed, but not uh, a super hard shot. And I really, as a libero, I want to see Kalachi kind of crash that ball and, and go pick it up. And he took a step back, and it's like, what is going on there? And Semenyuk is kind of looking at him like, what are you doing? Like like Semenyuk needs to get ready to go hit the pipe. Um, so yeah, looking at this one, you can just tell how well that offense is spread out. 18 points for Ishikawa. Um, as I said, he was only uh, 15 for 41, so his numbers weren't fantastic. But when you watch back and you look at just how much junk he was given, um, it, it, it he was unreal. Uh, Jean-Patrick, not his best game, 9 for 27. He had 10 points. Lozère, as I said, he was really, really good. He also had 10 points with two blocks uh, and an ace in there. And then Malguerrejo, who wasn't fantastic, 11 for 11 for 38, only hitting 29%. But when he was scoring, was timely. It was there were timely swings. And I, as I said, like this was not a perfect game from Milano in 
any any situations but he was re- they were really really good as a team and good enough to beat Perugia and I mean it's crazy that a team that was undefeated all season in like the what, last month and a ma- month and a half or so has lost six matches um okay whoever is this fake ace volleywood account is just too <laughs> is just too much <laughs> Oh, just too good. Um, I I lost. I've lost my lost my train of thought. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've. I think I've talked about this uh, enough so far because, you know, bigs up from big ups for Milano because, as much as Perugia was crumbling, like they put the pressure on to to make them crumble. All right, let's move on uh, to the next big one. Piacenza pulling off the reverse sweeps of all reverse sweeps. Not only did they come down from being 0-2 in the series, but they also came down from being 0-2 in this match. You're seeing Modena ones one set uh, set one 25-19 and set two 25-17, and then it was all Piacenza after that. And that's you know what kind of what they expected. Rinaldi was really good early on and then he just started getting pummeled he got aced four times um and yeah that's that that's kind of is what it is Engapeth was actually pretty good in this one he was 15 for 25 he did get blocked six times uh and Lugumja I think Lugumja was hands down the the the, the best mode up player not only in this series but all season long he was pretty good as well, uh, 17 for 34. But when you look on the Piacenza side of things, man, when this team gets rolling, they are deadly. Uh, they hit 46% as a team. What did Modena hit? Modena hit 54. But to me, that has to be mostly uh, from sets one and two where they dominated, right? They won 19 and 17. But then... After that, and I like I like turned this off for a little bit. I just had it on the second screen because I was like, Modena is gonna. It looks like Modena is gonna. Um, Modena is gonna win, but they Piacenza really really turned turned things around. Um, Lucarelli was fantastic. He was eighteen for twenty nine. Swung sixty two percent, which is ridiculous. Simon had thirteen points. Romano had twelve. Leal had uh, eleven. And this is a team that if they get hot, it could get dangerous. Although I have to say now we're gonna we're gonna show the the bracket in just a little bit. Man, this Piacenza team on paper is the most skilled team left in the Scudetto playoffs now that that Perugia is gone. But I mean, we're gonna have to see. We're gonna we're gonna have to see uh, what's next. You know, and 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 in this one, like Romano. Was not so good uh, at the beginning, but then really, really turned it on uh, for this team, uh, for Piacenza. They had five aces and 12 blocks. So big ups for Piacenza for pulling off the reverse sweeps of reverse sweeps. As I said, down 0-2 in the series, then down 0-2 in the match. And they were able to pull off the reverse sweep on the road at the Palapanini. Palapanini? Is that, is that what it is, Modena fans? 
Uh, I, I think I think I think it is what it is. All right, moving on now to the other one. This one was not much of a surprise. It was also a series reverse sweep because Corona did come out, but man, once they figured out their lineup a little bit more, and once they had um, um, Zaitsev on the left side and Nikolov, or like Zaitsev in the serve receive, sorry, and Nikolov not taking as many uh, serve receive reps. It was just a better scenario all around for uh, for Lube, and this is where this is where you can see the quality of what club of what Lube is. You know, they're looking for the three peat. They've been they're looking for their fifth street final, um, and it's just you know it's just how it just shows how good um, <laughs> how good they are. <laughs> oh, once again, sorry to everyone um, who's just listening, um, because our our Ace Hollywood troll in the uh, in the uh, the chat is just is just cracking me up. But uh, as I said, Yant was the. Um, was the uh, MVP in this one, and he was really good. 13 for 20. He did make five errors, but still, 13 for 20 is 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 different. And you're right. Yant, there's 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 regular season Yant, and then there's playoff Yant, and playoff Yant is fun to watch. And you know what? This this Lube team over the past three games is really really growing on me. It would be interesting to see what they had what they would have been able to done do if they had figured out this lineup and this way of playing earlier in the season. Um, but hey, you know what? It it's it, it's ridiculous. It's 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 really really good when you look down at the um, at the uh, uh, Verona side. To me, they just got really predictable. And I mean, their passing wasn't even that bad. They passed 48% positive, 25% perfect. Nomori Keita was actually pretty good. He passed 67. Um, Yatarena. <laughs> he passed 60. Uh, Keita passed uh, 67% positive and didn't get aced once. And Gajini. Um, somebody commented in one of the last videos that it's the, the two, what is it, the two Gs? It makes the G sound so Gagini um, was the one that they were targeting the most, and he was definitely the weakest passer. But you know what? They had no aces from the baseline, just not putting enough pressure on this Lube team. When you look at Lube's passing, it was outstanding 57% um, positive, 32% perfect. Um, it, 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 it's really, it is kind of a like what would have happened had they kept my boy Gord Perrin. And had him in the roster, um, because Shaposhkov was was pretty good. He was thirteen for twenty three, ended it with fourteen points. Keita with with seventeen points. The Rockmozich with twelve, but they just didn't use the middles at all. Alex Grozdanov had a rough day. He was one for five. Um, and who's their other middle? Oh yeah. They well they they had um, Mosca 
and he only had one one swing. They set him one time in two sets, and then they brought in Cortesia, who was four three for four in in the third. But it's still, um, but it but it, and it still just just wasn't enough. So tough for Verona. They had a really good season. It looked like they were about to um, win, going up two nothing. But Lube, this is why they continue to win. This is just a quality club and a quality program that knows how to win and knows how to get the job done when it truly matters. So big ups for Lube. All right, let's move on here. Oops, that's uh, that's a little bit bigger than it needs to be. And we're going to look at uh, the draw here. And oh. This is going to be good. I, I think this is going to be really good. On one side of the bracket up there, we got Milano taking on Lube Civitanova. And then on the bottom side of the bracket, we're going to have Trentino taking on Piacenza. And it's two teams who are two teams who are offensively, really offensively gifted in Lube and Piacenza against two teams that play really, really well together. I mean, all of them are offensive gifted. Like, this is the, the, the Scudetto playoffs. You, there's the top four teams. Um, but it's it's going to be big because these these are the teams, you know, the top three will go into champ top three into Champions League? I can't remember. Maybe just maybe just two. Maybe maybe just two. Yeah, because I think it was just Lube and Perugia in uh, oh and Trentino. So yeah, top three will will be in, in, in Champions League and that fourth place team will be in the C E V Cup. Um and I guess the fifth place team will be in, in the C E V Cup. But still that's two teams who haven't really played at that level, right? Milano won the Challenge Cup a few years ago, but but they haven't really been there. Piacenza lost in lost to Tools, or no, they lost to, to Rosalaire in the uh, CEV Cup semifinals this year, um, and it should have been Piacenza versus versus Modena, um, but Piacenza versus Trentino, and I'm seeing some people in the in this in the chat saying that that's the real final. I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, I do think that you know Trentino is, I mean, they're fantastic. We don't really need to go into how good. Um, that team is, and they're, and they probably have the best setter still left. Oh no, Decheco's on the other side. Eh, never mind. Um, but you know, Spertoli runs a fantastic offense, and you've got weapons in all five positions. They just play a really steady game. But then against Piacenza, who is loaded offensively, that's going to be a really, really good one. And I think on the other side too, Milano versus Lube. I think that's going to be a fantastic matchup. Um, but I, I do agree, Mr. Bro Rush, that whoever wins that Trentino versus Piacenza matchup is going to be uh, the heavy favorites in the finals. But hey, this has been an absolutely bonkers Scudetto playoff so far. And obviously, heavy favorites means nothing. It, it, it doesn't mean anything at all uh, at, at this point. Um, so... I do believe if let's look at the the schedule here real quick for the playoffs because I do believe they start tomorrow actually, um, which would be Thursday. Let me just pull things up here. Yep, Thursday. 
that is going to be game one. So it looks like both of the matches are going to be starting at 2.30 Eastern time. Uh, of course, all of them, both of them are going to be on Ray Sport, but also, um, or both of them are going to be on Volleyball World TV, but uh, Trentino versus uh, Piacenza will also be on Ray Sport. Uh, and then match number two is going to be on Sunday, uh, both at t noon Eastern time. So... Um, Lorenzetti leaving after this year. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I remember, wait, where is he going? I remember seeing rumors about that, but I, I can't tr really remember about, about where he's going. Uh, will they win the Scudetto as a send-off? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think it's it's wide open. Yes, I do think that the more loaded semifinal is Trentino versus Piacenza, but I think it's wide open. I, I really, really do. Um, because... Milano looks like a good team, and if they can beat Perugia, they can beat anyone, right? And Lube, Lube has consistently surprised us, right? And they've consistently showed us that they are um, able to, um, um, that that they are able to get the job done. So, I I really don't know. I think it's going to be wide open, and things have just gotten even more interesting at that at at at, at this point. Um, so yeah, I think I do want to finish things off just to chat about Perugia a little bit because this is this is big. As I said, um, since since Leon has joined the team in 2018, and like this is a team that you know won, they won uh, the Champions League in 2017. Um, since since Leon has joined the team in 2018, they have no Scudettos, no Champions League. They've gone through four different coaches. Uh, first Bernardi, then Heinen. Heinen was the only one to, to, to coach for two years. Um, Gerbich, uh, and then Anastasi. I'm assuming they're going to be getting another coach now, especially if it, if Ronnie's saying what's it's it's true. What you know, that's true that they bent Leon because he had an argument with with Anastasi. That's absolutely massive. But they won't be playing Champions League next year. They might be getting into the CEV Cup. I think I think they probably will if they want to play that fifth place playoff. Um, sorry, um, it, it, they're they're gonna if they win that fifth place playoff, which I don't like. I don't see them wanting to do. But like, is Leon gonna stay? Does Semenyuk want to stay? Does Gianelli want to stay? Right, you're not playing in Champions League. I think that's huge for for some of these for some of these 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 athletes. But furthermore, like this is a team that has clearly set their sights now for half a decade on winning it all, and they've been unable to do that. You know, I don't even think they haven't even made a Champions League final. Right, so. It's 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 just really tough uh, tough to watch. But furthermore, what does this tell us about Leon? And I mean, obviously, it's a little bit difficult the fact that he wasn't there to close it out in the last match against Milano. But you know, we put so much stock on him and being the best player in the world because of his time at Zenit Kazan. But we forget, maybe not forget, but when we look at the the athletes that he had around him at Zenit Kazan, and they had. You know, um, Mikhailov, and they had Matt Anderson. Um, it it's just like they are the they 
that was the best team in the world, bar none. And Perugia has tried to recreate that, and they just really haven't been able to. Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, we all know that Leon is, is his contract is like what, like one point four million a year. Are they going to be able? Like, is any other team going to be able to take on that contract? I'm just, I'm just not sure. So there's a big question mark for me on a. What does the future for um, for Perugia look like in general? Um, and Ronnie's saying in the chat that Anastasi was told uh, um, after the first game against Zaxa in Poland that he, his he was done after this this year. Um, but also, like, what does this mean for Leon's legacy overall? Um, I really, I really don't know. I think we're gonna have to wait for the dust to settle a little bit more. But I do think that this takes a massive hit because, you know, if we remember two years ago, and I'm just going to talk about pre or post COVID, you know, if we, we look about, you know, th three years ago when they didn't win uh, at all, it's like, okay, well, they had Tragica and Heinen, you know, m m misled the team and blah, 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 all this. And then Last year, he was obviously injured and needed surgery. So, hey, we're going to give him a pass for that. But now this is starting to be a bit of a pattern now with Leon. And especially when you look at the fact that he struggled with Poland uh, as well, too, since he joined them. Of course, part of that was, was due to um, due to injury. Um, he, he struggled there as well. Um, it, it, it's really tough to... Um, it's really tough to say, but I do think when Rob comes on, I think we're going to have to, Rob and I are going to have to discuss this in depth. And I really wish that Dan from five, one was still around. Um, because I, I, he, he would bring such, um, <laughs> he would bring such a good insight, a good insight in, into this. Um, Leon, Semenya, Plotnitsky, Gianelli, all of them have contracts. Okay, that that'll be interesting to see. They've they've clearly got to figure out that right side, and they've got to figure out the libero position, and they have to find a coach who can deal with this team. And I think Gino Cersei has to take a step back. He can't be the Jerry Jones of volleyball anymore. He he just really can't. Otherwise, it's 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 really gonna it's it's really gonna go poorly. But you know, even if all of those guys do have contracts for next year. Do they resign? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I really don't. Um, so yeah, well, I guess we're just gonna have to just gonna have to wait and see. All right. Um, I think that is gonna be it for me tonight. Don't worry, Rob will be back next week. Um, it'll be it'll look the same. Rob has all the templates and things on on his computer. Um, it'll sound the same because both of us will be together. The fact that we've had as many people tune in tonight as we've had uh, is incredible. So thank you very much for, for tuning in and still supporting us. Um, Semenyuk needs a change of scenery. I do agree that he, he should just go back to the Plus Liga, right? Especially with how good the Plus Liga has been. He should just go back to the Plus Liga w without a doubt. Um, and uh, yeah. Thank you very much for, for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you for Ace Volleywood for coming in to, to hang out, or Ace Volleywood uh, for, for coming in to, to, to hang out and being a troll. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading some of the comments uh, that, were, that were in. Um, 
tomorrow we do have uh, Champions League. We do have uh, game two of Fenerbahce versus uh, Vakuf Bank. That was going to be going down at noon Eastern time. And then at 2.30 Eastern time is going to be um, the first round or game one of the uh, Scudetto uh, semifinals. So um, thank you very much for tuning in. As I said, Rob will be back next week and we will see you then. Peace.